When you're first launching a business, one of the hardest things to do is reach out to someone you don't know and get them interested in what you're doing. How do you get those first customers? How do you find leads? How do you reach out to people you want to work with and get them interested? Well, that is what today's episode is all about. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Today on the show, I have with me Eric Finnegan of Transform Your Copy. Eric, uh, you're a writer, a personal growth junkie and a lifelong student of marketing and business. I'm so glad to be here. I'm very excited and looking forward to this conversation. I am very excited as well. And actually, this all started because you wrote a cold email. What made you write to me? Well, I had found you, I believe, through another podcast. Uh, I saw that you had done an interview and I went to your website. I listened to the podcast and I thought, you know, this guy is a, seems like a guy I could get to know a little bit. And maybe there's an opportunity to work together on something. Um, I've worked with different authors and podcast hosts uh, on my own, and maybe there's some way I could help out a little bit here. So it was just that. And you wrote me an email. It got my attention. It made me think. And uh, I replied almost instantly. We spoke on the phone. We had a great chat. And then we came up with the idea of doing a podcast episode because one of the things, well, you wouldn't be here if you weren't good at writing first cold emails and getting introductions. <laughs> and actually, that's the toughest thing for people to do sometimes when launching a business is reach out to someone they've never met, get interest, get attention, and then create an opportunity. How did you learn how to do that? And yeah, have you been through different approaches? How did you learn? Where did this start? Yeah, great question. It started before I had any business, before I had anything to sell. And I was still working full time at a different, at my old job, actually. And I've gone through a bunch of different approaches and I've learned through a lot of trial and error. I've learned, tried to learn from as many people as I can. And really, the biggest thing was just to do it, just to do it and find out what works. Find out what works in terms of getting responses and find out what works in terms of, does this actually feel good to be doing this, to send, be sending emails to people that I don't know? Would it feel good to receive this email that I'm about to send if it was from someone else? So it was a, it's a lot of learning, a lot of learning, a lot of trial and error. So did you have to do this for your last employer? No, this was while I was, while I was working, I was trying to start a business on the side so I could actually get out of the corporate world and try something else. So I was doing this in the mornings at 5am before going off to the office. Wow. So at 5am, you would get up, send a bunch of emails to try and win some business so that you could build your own business on the side. So I was doing this before I actually had a business, before I had a product to sell. And I had picked a market that I wanted to serve. And all I was trying to do was find painful problems in that market. And my thinking was that if I found painful problems, painful enough that someone would want to pay me to solve them. And that was going to be my business. So that's how it started. 
I love that approach to entrepreneurship. That is exactly what we talk about on The Rebel Entrepreneur is if you can find someone with a problem that hurts them enough, and by hurt, we don't mean physically, but creates enough discomfort in their life, there's an opportunity there to get paid to fix it. I think that's a fantastic approach. So when you're sending out these emails to people, have you had rejection? Have people said no? Have you had What type of responses have you got where it didn't work? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say early on, I was learning how to do it sort of like a very like spray and pray approach, like find as many addresses as I could in this market, load them up into my software that I was using to send out cold emails, and then just hammer them five or six times. And the messages weren't personalized, you know, other than trying to insert their first name into the greeting. And, you know, one thing I, I just didn't get a lot of responses. So I wasn't sure if they were actually being read. I wasn't sure if they were um, landing in people's inboxes, but then occasionally I would get uh, the the occasional angry, frustrated person who I (laughs) pissed off at the wrong time. And then, you know, they would say, please take me off your list or how did you get my address? You know, that type of thing. And you know what you would say to a cold caller, like a telemarketer. Yeah. How did you find me? Why are you bothering me? Yeah. Where did this come from? Those sort of questions. You know, you're in trouble when they ask those questions. Yeah. (laughs) So cold email is a way of building your business, but some of the rules have changed around this, especially in Europe and around the world. Is cold email still a legal method of promoting your business and getting out there? And how do you use cold email effectively and stay within legal bounds? Because you can get in hot waters and there's some big fines for this stuff. Yeah, there is. And it's definitely changed quite a bit since 2015 when I when I first started doing this. And before I kind of go into it, I just wanted the disclaimer that I'm not an attorney. So I can just tell you what I've used <laughs> and what I've done. Yeah. So the difference I think is separating between a cold email that you are sending to one person versus a spam approach or like a spray and pray approach where you you know, if you if you have a, a database of a thousand or five hundred thousand addresses, and you're just sending them out in mass, hoping to get a response, hoping people click your link in your email, that I would call spam, um, the spray and pray approach, and that's what borders on illegal. And it makes sense to me because these people haven't asked you to email them, and you're if you're blatantly just sending them an email for a commercial purpose, try to get them to buy something or to sign up to your email list or something like that. That's very different from the approach that I take, which is highly individualized. You know, with you, I spent, I was researching for people to, to reach out to that day. And I think I spent an hour and I found you. So it's, it's very, very low volume, highly, highly personalized. And if you go back to your message, I'm not trying to sell you anything and I'm still not trying to sell you anything. All I'm trying to do is generate a conversation, start a relationship. And that is the way I would say to to do cold email so that you stay far away from any legal boundaries. And if you want to be very safe about it, which I tend to find is not always necessary, is just give people in, in the PS or below your email signature, say, hey, if you don't want to receive a message like this in the future, just shoot me a reply and say unsubscribe or please don't respond again. That enables them to opt out. Yes. So like when you're sending a cold email, 
what's the number one purpose of that email? Because I know in the early days when I was doing marketing, I tried to sell in that first email. So you'd send them out and say, here's what I do. Here's the price. Do you want to buy it, please? Uh, (laughs) And that was kind of my approach, possibly a little bit desperate looking back on it as a slightly more confident older entrepreneur. But that's what I did. I was a bit desperate and trying to get people to buy. What do you think the number one purpose or the number one goal of a cold email is? Yeah, great question. And I'm, I just want to say, I'm glad that you stuck with it and didn't take those early failures as a reason to stop. So that's, I think, something important to think of when starting with cold email. But the number one response or the number one goal is cold email is kind of like virtualizing or taking online those chance encounters at a networking event, for instance, where at the networking event, how would you, you know, you think about how would you approach someone that you wanted to meet? Would you walk up to them with your brochure and your business card and and try and jam it in their pocket or jam it in their hand and say, hey, call me. I don't think anyone would do that. And if they do, then they're not going to get a lot of responses and they'll they'll probably feel like crap coming away from that. (laughs) But if you think about it, what what would be a win if you walked away from a networking event and you introduce yourself, try to introduce yourself to five or 10 people? A win in my book would be just to get a handshake from someone, get a handshake and say, hey, nice to meet you. And you know, a conversation of 30 minutes to a minute. That's my bar for success. So the the number one goal for a cold email is just to get a positive response, in my opinion. I love that because at networking events, when I first started to do it, I was very much focused on, here's this room full of people. I'm desperate to get sales. I need to work the room. I need to get sales. And it felt incredibly uncomfortable for me doing that. And it wasn't actually until I changed my approach to I just want to make friends. I want to make new friends, find out about these people and learn about them. And maybe there's an opportunity somewhere, but I'm going to make friends. Sounds like that's your approach over these emails. Exactly. Yeah. And my barometer there is just, is this feel good? If I said what I'm saying in this email to to someone face-to-face, would this feel good or not? And I think everyone has that intuition. Everyone has that sort of inner barometer or inner guidance that they can follow. Yeah, it's would I would I say this to a real life human being? Because sometimes we yeah. say things differently through a computer uh, that we wouldn't say to a real life human being. So I think that's a wonderful way to do it. And actually, Eric, I've got the email here that you sent me that got my attention. The first Great. line, hi, Alan, this might seem a little out of the blue. Have you used that line before? Now I'm, I feel like we're talking about dating here and you've sent me a chat up line, but that's not what I'm saying. Is that a line you open with normally? I, you know, I test a few different things. I think I had just started using that as an opener because it, it sort of sets the context of like, hey, like I'm, I'm acknowledging that we don't know each other. You've never heard of me and I'm, I'm learning of you for the first time. This is probably going to be weird. But I would say that to, that's what I would say to someone, you know, if I was approaching them in a bar, for instance. And I love the dating analogy because I think it, it fits dating and business are very closely in parallel. Like, <laughs> the energetics of it are very, uh, working very much parallel, I think. Then you say, but I love the podcast and really appreciate what you're doing to bring entrepreneurship to the masses through your events. I turned from corporate employee to solo entrepreneur five years ago because of trainings like yours. Best choice ever. I'm reading that going, cool. He's listened to the podcast. He knows what I do. He understands me because he's a solo entrepreneur as well. You had my attention by that. 
And then you sort of said teaching about entrepreneurship like you do is super important work, in my opinion. And I wonder if there's a way I can help you reach more people. And my head obviously thinks about how can I help people to get businesses? How can I reach out? How can I help people get going? And you've struck upon something there. And then you tell me a little bit about you. I'm a sales copywriter and help purpose-driven companies like Pop-Up multiply their revenue and their impact with a variety of trust-building marketing strategies. I was like, that sounds cool. And you gave me a link to your website. If you like, you can learn more. Uh, You know I clicked on that link, don't you? I actually don't. I, I don't have any tracking from my cold emails anymore. I did click on the link. I read your website. You said you'd be happy to share ideas with me. And should we connect? And I thought, that's a lovely email. A lovely email. And I was like, yes, I want to connect. So run me through in your head. How do you structure a cold email to reach out to someone you've never met before? Do you have a, like, connect with them about their stuff and then say about your stuff? Or how do you structure it? Yeah. So before I write a single word, I just make sure that this is someone that, as best I can, make sure this is someone that I want to help. What's their message, right? So can I actually get behind what they're doing? So I think why I do that is because it makes that first paragraph after this might seem out of the blue, I talk about your business and teaching about entrepreneurship and I yes. I had done something similar or bring entrepreneurship to the masses. That was what it was. I'm like, I have a, a personal relationship with this exact purpose. I've gone through entrepreneurship courses. I see, I've seen personally, and I've seen with a lot of my friends and colleagues, what they can do for people and they can change people's lives. It changed my life going from corporate to entrepreneur. So I'm in such great support of that right there as, as a mission. So I can just feel in myself that it's everything that I'm saying is authentic and real. I don't actually need a script at that point, but there is a little bit of strategy there. It's, it's saying, Hey, I've, I've researched you. I've looked into what you're doing. I like what you're doing. I think it's a good thing. This isn't part of a mass email strategy that I'm doing. I can convey that your address is the only one in the two box in my Gmail right now. So very personalized, a way to, to let you know that, I, that I've thought about you and I'm, tar- I'm reaching out to you for a reason. And then um, where I say, I wonder if there's a way I can help you reach more people. For me, that balance is something I, what I find missing in a lot of cold email strategies that I've seen that are very like, hey, I know I can help you. Here's how. And that just seems very arrogant it seems like I would have to know a lot more about your business to know if I can help you, where all I can see is what's, what's public facing. So I don't actually know if I can help you yet. And I, I wonder, I actually wonder, I'm, very, I'm actually very curious. So I'm balancing a lot of humility there about what I can bring to the table with curiosity. So then by that point, I, I imagine if you're still reading and you're interested, one objection you would have is like, who is this guy? Who is this guy that's reaching out to me? Why should I why should I pay attention to what he says? You know, I might get 50 of these a week or whatever it is. What sets this guy apart? Why should I spend my time with him? And so that's where that's where I just do the little okay, here's a little bit about me. There's a very high-level headline about what I do and what I'm about. And if you want to learn more, if you if you're interested in that, you're intrigued, I give you a way to go deeper and find out more. And that's my link to my about page on on my website. 
which I went straight to the about page. That's straight yeah. where I went. And I read that intro. Your about page says, like, I'm Eric. I'm a writer, personal growth junkie, and lifelong student of business and marketing. And I thought, wow, Eric, it's like we're together. I am an absolute <laughs> personal growth, self-development junkie. I love to learn how to improve my mindset, my energy, my business, and I'm a lifelong student of business. And the writing is very personal. I read the whole thing. I thought it was fantastic. And that got me to respond. So what kind of tips do you have for the people listening to this about how to get positive responses? How do you get people to respond to your emails out? Well, I think it starts with just recognizing that you're writing to one person at a time. And you may have software set up where you can send out 25 of these at a time or whatever, but write it as if you're writing to one single person. And imagine that person in your mind as you're writing. And that helps, in my opinion, to stay in a conversational tone. You don't want to come off as salesy or robotic or sleazy in any kind of way. Again, think of yourself, this is taking the place of an in-person introduction at a networking event. That's how I treat it. That's my number one tip is imagine yourself standing across from this person. The first things you're going to say, what are you going to say to that person? I love that. And the length is so important because when I get long emails in my inbox, I just look at them and my heart sinks and go, oh, I've got to read all that. Uh, and it takes ages. So that short email introduction was just enough to get my attention and get me in, but not so much it puts me off. So I think that really helped as well. Yeah. That's another thing is I always say to be clear, be short, be friendly, and be direct. If your email can be those four things, then I think you're doing pretty well. Clear, short, friendly, and direct. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's some kind of an acronym we can we can build there. C S F D. We'll have to come up with one. I love it though. Yeah, it was very clear. It was short. It definitely friendly. And you directly said at the end, should we connect? And the answer mm-hmm. in my mind was yes, I'd love to chat to you. Yes. And I think this is one of the things that I struggled with early in my career was asking those direct questions in a way that wasn't sleazy sales, but still drove action. And it's sometimes difficult to know. Do you have any tips for what we're closing for in the first email or how to word that? Or yeah, how do you word that last piece? How do you directly ask for what you want? Well, it's a balance because, you know, the D in that first, that that acronym up there is direct, but you have to acknowledge or you have to realize that this person hasn't opted into your list They haven't asked to hear from you. So you want to be direct and also you want to leave the ball in their court a little bit. You want to like, let them know that, Hey, I'm a person here and I'm only a yes. If you're a yes to this, I'm not going to, you know, beat down your door and every, every day for the next six months, like a (laughs) vacuum salesman, if this is the right fit, then I'm confident that this first email or one of my two other replies or follow-ups that I would have done would give that impression and would would help make that match. So unless I, I ask you a question, I don't tell you what to do. I ask you a question, should we connect? Do you think we should connect? And it's just a, a micro, micro barrier to, I guess, like a micro commitment in, in sales terminology. Like all I want is the, the smallest 
easiest thing to say yes to. On the opposite end of the spectrum, it would be at the end of the email, I'd say, hey, call me at this time, this day, at this number, just a direct command. And I don't want to do that. That's not a, that doesn't sound very inviting. If someone did that to me, I'd say, you know, go screw yourself and delete the email. <laughs> so it's, I think it's about asking a question that if they were to say yes to it, it's easy for them and it gives you a signal that they're interested. Do you ever call the people yourself after sending the email? So do you send the email and then do you reach out to them again by phone? What do you do next? So I have a little system with Google Sheets that I just track every person I send a message to. And if I haven't heard back from them in five to seven days, I think it's seven days, I'll send them another message. Say, hey, like just following up here, following this back up. Can't remember exactly what I say in, in that email. But yeah, if I don't hear back, um, again, I'm not assuming that you read it and said no. I'm leaving open the possibility that you just have a very busy inbox or you were off that day and you did just didn't see the email. But hey, there's still an opportunity here to see if there's a relationship or see if, see if there's a, a way to work together. So if I don't hear back, I send two follow-ups, one week apart. And what happens if you haven't heard back by that stage? If I haven't heard back after the third email, that's when I can start to assume that, hey, they probably saw there's a good chance, you know, 80, 90% chance that they saw my email. If they were tracking my open rates on that email, it's probably in the 75 to 85% range. So I'm, I'm betting you would have seen at least one of those and said, you know, either said, no, you know, now's not the time and I'm not going to reply and tell them that, or it just didn't grab your attention. So I stopped replying at, at that point and I set another timer for 60 days. And 60 days later, I would have reached out again. Interesting. So you don't let them off the hook? No, no. If, if you're someone I want to work with and you're someone that I'm interested in getting to know, then I'm not going to give up after you know a couple of emails. <laughs> I love that. I'm not going to give up. And I've definitely found over my career that it's too easy to give up. It's like you've sent the email. Oh, they didn't respond. They're probably busy. And then you don't go back to them. And it's really mm -hmm. important not to give up. And I've learned over the years that you send an email, someone's busy, they don't notice it. You send another one, they maybe read it, but it's not the right time. You then ring them, you maybe leave a voicemail, then you get another one and you get through eventually. And they say, oh, it's not the right time. Come back later. And it's amazing how many iterations you have to actually go through. But persistency is unbelievably powerful with this stuff. I totally agree. Totally agree. So how do you apply persistency to what you're doing? And where do you think the line is between persistency and pushy sales? I have two different frames of mind there. One is that I wouldn't want someone knocking on my door every day, you know, or once a week for forever if I don't want to talk to them. So I, I do try to balance some things here. One, so the persistency is I do prospecting every day. I spend an hour to 90 minutes every day prospecting, which means searching for companies that I want to work with and then finding ways to contact the owners of that company or the CEO or whatever. So I'm doing that every day. And like I just said, I think I acknowledge that not everyone's going to read every email that they receive. And there's a possibility there that if they don't see my email, then if I give up, then I'm, I might be doing both of us a disservice. I might have something for them that they could really use. Early on, it was it was a bit of a struggle to like 
continue to reach out to people if I haven't heard back because I don't want to annoy people or I don't want to aggravate people. But over time, when I've gotten really good at marketing and, and copywriting like I am, I've gotten a little bit more confidence and dignity about what I do that, no, like if these people are, are looking for a copywriter and if I think I can help them, then it's a really good fit. It's, it's a match, you know, made in heaven kind of thing. So I don't want to give up on that. I trust that impulse or trust that good matches will happen. And I don't want to be the one to to say no to that. I don't want to be the one to say, you know, I, I don't want to annoy you. So I'm just not going to reach out. I'll let you reach back out to me. That can work for some people and some people's business. I would rather not do things like that. I would rather be more proactive. So it's like that balancing the the dignity about, I know I can bring value to some companies and the humility of like, I don't know if I can bring value to this company, but I really, really want to find out. Yes. So yeah, that I'd say that captures it. So let's Give us some tips. Let's help us. If we're reaching out, let's start right at the beginning. How do we find who to sell to? How do we research? What's the first steps? How do we get an email address and a name? What do you think? Like, let's break it down. We're, we're just about to start a new business and reach out. Where do we start, Eric? Well, I always start with the market. Who's your ideal customer? Who's your ideal client? What do they do? For me, it's people that run courses online about business and finance. So then that narrows things down incredibly because there's, you know, 99.999% of the people out there are not doing that. So I know to concentrate on just that 0.0001%. Talk about a niche market. <laughs> yeah, about right. A tiny niche market. That makes it so much easier. Just for the people listening before we go on to the second piece, one of the things I've realized over the years is one of the signs of whether or not you found a good niche market is can you type it into Google and get a response? Can you actually just type it into Google and find people? Because the antithesis of that is, well, I sell to women. Well, try and type women into Google and see what comes back. Or I sell to men and try and type men into Google and see what comes back. That's not really a very defined market to sell to. So my test is, can you type it into Google and actually get someone? Can you find companies or people you can actually sell to by doing that? And it sounds like you have a similar thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the other thing is I always look for, are they already doing or spending money on the thing that I'm selling or I'm offering? Mm. And can I find that out? Yeah. How would you find that out? So take some cleverness. Um, one thing I've done in the past is I've gone to Barnes and Noble in my town, Boulder, and I'll go to the magazine rack. I'll go to the section where my niche focuses. Where do they go in the magazine rack and pull off some magazines off the shelf? And then I'll go sit at a table and I'll leaf through the magazines and find out what companies are advertising in those magazines. So that tells me a couple of things. One is they know who they're trying to reach. And two, they spend money on advertising. Getting an ad into a magazine isn't as easy as putting up an ad on Facebook. You actually have to think about it and you have to plan it out. You have to get a, a designer to work with you and talk about ad budgets and think about ROI and all that stuff. So if a company is advertising in a magazine, that tells me that they take marketing and advertising seriously. So those are the companies I want to talk to. I love that. So we Google to find the business and we start with who's the market we find the person if we can. Any tips about finding email addresses to start this off? 
Yeah. Finding emails is, is a lot easier than it used to be. And in some ways it's it's harder because some people have gotten more clever. But there's some there's some websites out there where you can plug in a domain name and it'll try to find you the email format associated with that domain. Ooh. So if you typed in my website, transformyourcopy.com, it would go out and search everywhere for people for email addresses with at transformery.copy.com on them that are posted publicly on a website. And it'll show that Eric at transformyourcopy.com is out there. So it guesses that anybody that works at that company will have the email format of just the first name at, and then the domain. So that's where I'd start. And then I would look for the person in that company that I really want to talk to. And I use Sometimes it's on their website if there's an about page and it shows who the team is or who the founder is or who's in charge of marketing, then I can generally gauge who I'd want to talk to there. And with most companies, that. it's the owner. Yeah. And you can do that on LinkedIn as well. Yes. LinkedIn is a great resource for finding people who work at the companies. Absolutely. So is this website that finds the format of the email addresses, is this a free one or a paid for service or? Yeah, it's uh, hunter. IO, I believe, is the one I use most often. And there's, I think, as a for a free account, you get 50 lookups a month or 50 lookups total. And then it's a pretty affordable from there. And if you get any business from cold email or email like this, then it's very, very, very worth it, in my opinion. It's very useful. Yes. Yeah. And then I always go to um, email checker. I think it's emailchecker.net, email checker.net. And you can type in an email address there and often it will verify it for you. Say, yes, this is a good address or no, this isn't the right address. Interesting. So you know before you even start whether they're the right address. Yeah. It's something that Google and Microsoft and the anybody that's running email services has sort of caught on to is that they know that people in business are using their email servers to, to do cold email sometimes in mass quantities. And every time an email bounces, it penalizes their IP address. So it actually hurts the overall service. So if Gmail is picking up on you sending out a lot of bad emails that bounce or that to addresses that don't exist, they'll actually close your account. And I've had that happen a bunch of years back. Wow. So yeah, it's again, it's it's that just a little bit of research there that helps really helps the result, I think. This is super, Eric. I love this. Okay, so we've looked at the target market. We found the person. We've checked the email. We've got the details. I've opened up my messaging app. I'm sat staring at a blank cursor that says, Dear Jeff, what do I do now? <laughs> I've got to write something. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's such a common thing. I know when I started, I found templates online that you know, cold email was just kind of gaining momentum back in, I think, 2014 or 2015. And when I started, to be honest, I just copied the templates because it was easy and I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing yet. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to get to be an expert in cold email before starting. So I just copied what other people were doing. And I think that's okay at the beginning to just get the momentum going. But over time, and as you get, you know, you spend more time doing this, you'll probably want to develop your own because if the company is big enough, they've probably seen the template before. You know, your your <laughs> head of marketing at Disney has probably seen that cold email template three times in the last, you know, three days. So yes, you want to develop your own essentially. And 
what I would recommend is follow the format that we talked about earlier, where you start off by just acknowledging that this is a personal, and you're sort of demonstrating, you want to demonstrate that this is a personal message. You know, you're not sending out to 500,000 people right now. You're sending it out to them. You've done your research. You know what they're about. So I, I would take, you know, one line or maybe two, two sentences at most just to demonstrate that. And that's where you want to, you can play around with the sequencing of this. What I found is, is like I said, if they've gotten so far into the message and they're interested, then they're asking about who you are because they've probably gotten 50 of these cold emails this week. And why should I listen to this guy who I don't know and have never heard of before? So then you just do a line or two about yourself and what you do and what value you bring to your clients. And you can follow a very simple format of, I do this for these kinds of companies so that they can blank. I do blank for blank companies so they can blank. That's the format. And you might want to reword it yourself. And then give them a response, give, uh, prompt them for a response. Should we connect is the one I used with, with your email. I've used, uh, would you like to connect in the next couple of weeks? Does it make sense to connect? Something like that. Very light, easy question. So the objective is to get them on the phone. Ultimately, yeah. You want first want a positive response to the email, but after the email, I mean, it depends on your service, I guess, or what you're selling, but I do all my client intake and conversations like this over the phone. So yeah, I I try to get people on the phone. And if people aren't willing to get on the phone, that's a signal right there that they're not right. It's not the right time for them or they're not the right fit or some other thing. So Eric, when should I not use cold email? Like when should I avoid email? Is there a case or is email the answer? Start emailing people now. (laughs) I think for certain industries cold email wouldn't be the approach. Like if I was selling to consumers, I wouldn't do a cold email. If I'm a, a health coach or I'm a, if I'm an author that's selling books to the public or if I'm selling a weight loss plan, cold email, I, w- I wouldn't do. I would stick with, if, if you're doing cold email, stick with businesses, send emails to businesses because you know there's sort of a culture, there's sort of an expectation that if you're in business, you have to buy things you're going to be sold to. And sometimes you really want to be sold to. You want to buy things that help your business. So for a business owner that's trying to improve their business, trying to grow their business, if you've got the thing for them, they're going to be really happy to hear from you. Contrast that with someone that's at home and they get a cold call from a someone that you know is asking them to change their long distance plan or something. And this is back in the 90s that I'm using this example. But think of you know <laughs> telemarketers that call your home at just as you're sitting down to dinner. There's no expectation. There's n- there's no culture. There's no agreement. There's no like implicit contract that you've agreed to buy things over the phone from people that you don't know or that you didn't call yourself. So broadly speaking, there's two markets. There's business to business, B2B, and business to consumer, B2C. You're saying that primarily... Yeah cold email is best when you're selling to businesses and we need to find other marketing methods mainly for business to consumer. Yeah. Business to consumer cold email is called spam. I would just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Except if they've opted in, uh, if they found you through the website, if they've given you their email address and asked for it, but then that's not a cold email. That's a warm email. That's an incoming lead. So that's a completely different thing. Exactly. They've given you permission at that point. And a lot of people will actually say, by typing your email address into here and hitting submit, we are going to send you content and marketing messages. 
Yes. So, Eric, one of the most important things for me on the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast is that we are able to implement what we've been talking about because we've got lots of business owners. There's probably 5,000 small business owners listening to this right now thinking, okay, I've got some ideas, but I want to set a challenge for people. I want to ask the audience to step up and do things because I know that it's within the action that the results come. So if you were talking to the people who are listening right now, what would you tell them to do? What's the action you want them to take? I would say follow the process we just identified. If you don't have your market yet that you want to serve, go find your market. If you have them already, then go find a company in that market that you want to have a conversation with. Find someone at that company that you want to talk to and use what we said to find their email address. Don't spend too much time researching. If if you can't find it easily, move on to another company, but find that individual that you want to strike up a relationship with and send them an email. Just send one and you'll see how, how really easy it is and how good it can feel to send it out from a place of wanting to serve. And when you get a response, you'll, that's just like candy. It's like Christmas. <laughs> you'll see that the whole process actually can work. And for the right message and the right doing it the right way, the person you reach out to is going to be glad to hear from you or they're going to be impressed or they're going to, they're going to be interested. Absolutely. And there is nothing better than that first positive response. But I do want to prep people. You're going to be ignored. (laughs) People are going to Mm. ignore your emails. You're going to be rejected. What tips have you got for people on being ignored and rejected, Eric? Because it does happen. Mm -hmm. I would say, first thing, don't take it personally. It's not you, it's me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Think of times where you've, you know, you've dropped the ball and getting back to somebody you've really wanted to talk to. It can just be as simple as that. You have to acknowledge you don't know why they didn't respond. It's not because they don't like you. It's not because you're annoying them. You just have really no idea. So don't take it personally as one. The other thing I would say is to follow up. Set a schedule to follow up in seven days. Yes. Yes. The relentless follow-up is a key to this. And you're right. You never know why people ignore your emails. And it happens to me all the time. It happens to everyone. We all have busy lives and the key is to keep going with positivity. And I think it's the positivity that wins over the day. It's never, why did you not answer my email? It's always positively going back saying, oh, I've got an idea or here I can help you or I'd really love to still talk to you about this. It's the positive forward motion. Right. So I'm going to be a bit braver with the audience and say your challenge, if you are willing to accept it, is to send one cold email a day for the next five working days. Just one a day and see what happens. Because I really want you to start doing this because I know that the power in a business is when you start selling yourself. That's when the contracts start coming in, the people start saying yes. So please take what Eric has said, start sending some emails and let's see where we get to with this. And Eric. Your advice has been fantastic. I I love what you do. Tell us once more about who do you primarily work with and how does Transform Your Copy actually help these businesses succeed? Who's your primary market? My primary market is purpose-driven authors, entrepreneurs, and course creators, people that have a mission for their business beyond just profit. I think profit's great. 
And that's why businesses are, are around to generate profit or one of the reasons. But I want, I want to find those companies that are, that are up to something greater than that as well. And it can look like a lot of different things. I'm focusing mainly on people that train others in business and people that train others in finances at the moment. So that's who I work with. How I help them is I implement trust building marketing strategies and I write copy for funnels. So one example of this would be, I just had a client who has a podcast and we started working together and I built him a map of all the areas of his marketing that he's not doing. Showed him all of the the ways that he's not promoting his core product. Um, he's not talking about it much on his podcast. He doesn't talk about it much on his email list. And I just point out to him, hey, if you do these small tweaks, you'll have probably pretty big results. So I pointed that out to him and he's like, cool. So how can you help me? And I said, well, I can write you an email sequence. I can write you a sales page. I can write you a uh, a webinar funnel. So I do that. So I start at the top. It's a very high level strategy. And then I actually write the copy that goes on the emails, goes on the landing pages, on the sales pages, on the ads that actually get implemented. I love that, Eric. So where can people find out more about your business or what website would they share with someone if they know someone in your target market? transformyourcopy.com transformyourcopy.com that's all one word obviously that's my website and you'll find a little bit about me you'll find a little bit about my services you find out a little bit about what my clients have said about working with me and there's a way to actually book a free consult there right on the front page big pink purple button can't miss it <laughs> i love it make it obvious and easy for people to get in contact one of the things I always talk about on the podcast is it's great to know the theory, but the devil is in the application and actually doing this stuff. So how do you apply this and use it? And if you don't use the tools and techniques that Eric has been talking about, if you don't go out and actually send some cold emails and make some connections, it's the size of your action that creates the business you want to have. And if you're not sending the emails and marketing and reaching out to people, it's just not going to grow. Eric, Thank you for coming on the show and being part of this. Do you have a last thought to share with the audience or are you happy if we send them off to go emailing? Well, I would say just the last thing is stick to the process. Fall in love with the process of what you're doing as a, as a starting entrepreneur or starting your first business because it's not just doing the one thing the one time, as you were saying, Alan. It's the process. It's following it consistently over time. And if you can win the process, then you're going to win everything. I love that. Turn it into a habit. Send the two emails a day. Let's turn marketing and sales into a daily activity that will build the business of your dreams. Thanks for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Go get them. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself be a rebel entrepreneur.